You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my opinion! He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Hold on, check me, boo. Welcome to Morally Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality TV feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay. She's Callie Curry. We're getting right into it because we have a jam-packed show for you guys today. You know, we're going to skip news of the week. Not a lot happening. However, I would like to reserve a few moments should you, Callie, want to discuss part two of the Vanderpump reunion because that seems to be what everyone is talking about this All week of the news. in Bravo Land. Yeah, yeah. Your thoughts on part two? Um, a couple things. One, there's another podcast, Nick Vial. He interviewed Brad. Um, he's Ariana and Sandoval's friend of ten plus years, and he's friends with Sandoval first. He's now one of Ariana's best friends. Um, highly recommend. It was great. Good insight. Great insight. Um, the reunion, new information. Part- New information and kind of like he was there. Like he's 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 one of the people that have been like rotating off to make sure Ariana's sleeping and she's not by herself and like can't and making sure that her and Sandoval aren't crossing paths. Although he said that he's crossed paths with him a few times. Um, he also has been best he was best friends with Tom first. And so originally he said Tom was pissed at him and came at him, um, saying like we were friends first. How could you do this to me? Are you really going to take her side? Da, 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 like came at him. And he was like, I'm a very loyal person. I understand why he would think I would have loyalty to him. But I also have like lines of what's right and what's wrong. And like you did something wrong. And I think if he, Sandoval would have handled it differently and been so apologetic and like accountable for his actions, I think Brad may have like, you know, been kind of more in the middle. But I think the way Sandoval handled it, it was like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you anymore. Um, 
He also said he was at dinner with Sandoval, Raquel, Ariana, and Tom two weeks before this came out on Valentine's Day. They were all together having dinner. And he said it was just Tom and Ariana and they usually don't do anything on Valentine's Day. They usually do something like a couple days before because obviously we all know how crazy it is on Valentine's Day. And they decided to go to dinner on Valentine's Day at Tom Tom. And so Ariana was like, yeah, you can come because his plans changed. And so he had no plans on Valentine's Day. And then he said Raquel called him and was like, what are you doing? And he said that he was going to dinner with them. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to come with you guys. So Raquel invited herself to that dinner. So all four of them on Valentine's Day were at Tom Tom celebrating Valentine's um, Day. And he said Tom brought out that bottle of wine from their first trip to Napa together. And he had a video of it. And he's showing the video on the podcast. And Tom's talking about the wine and how they got it on their first trip. And like the camera goes to Ariana and she's literally beaming. And so he's just like any... Like the fact that Tom's trying to say that they were miserable, he's like, that's just, that just was not the case. And he's like, yes, every couple argues, every it's not perfect, but there was never any like, we're horrible. Jeez. So the video was just so interesting. And even hearing his perspective, and he was saying that he became really good friends with Raquel because Raquel was going out of her way to include Ariana in everything. Mm. That they were doing. Sick. Did did he suspect anything ever? No. He said he heard the rumors. But he's like, their friend group was very, very close. It was totally fine for someone to stay the night at their house. He's like, I've stayed the night at their house a million times. So knowing Raquel stayed the night, it was kind of like, okay. like It was very much the party house. So people would stay the night there. It wasn't a big deal at all. So he was like, I heard the rumors and it was kind of like, there's no way that either one of them would do this. And like, she's just one of our friends. I understand how it would be weird for someone else looking into this. But for our friend group, everything they were doing was very normal. And he's like, now knowing it all and looking back, he's like, maybe we should have suspected something. And Nick asked him, do you think that Sandoval was kind of taking advantage of how close the friend group was and how you guys interacted. And he's like, I, I don't know. Like, no one had any suspicion at all. To the point where when Ariana called him and was like, I found this video on Tom's phone, he thought she was talking about Tom Sandoval. So he was, I mean, Tom Schwartz. So he was like, why would he have that on his phone? That's so gross. And she was like, no, my Tom. It's a video of her and my Tom. Jeez. what? Does he know what the big reveal is? No, he does not know. He assumes that it is something to do with the timeline. That's what I've, I'm being told. It is with the timeline. So it's not, I know it's not the pregnancy. It's not Lisa Vanderpump, which other people, and she's come out on Twitter and said that she did not know. She found out you know, at the end. So it seems like something with the timeline, because there there was a preview where Andy says, or somebody says, a producer, are you ready to finally tell the truth to Raquel? Mm -hmm. And I don't think Tom would ever reveal it. We caught him in the lie last, last week where he said it was January. And then Schwartz was like, actually, it was August. 
So we know we're never going to get that from Tom. Raquel's going to be the only one to say that. This is what I will say about part two. I was underwhelmed. Yes. I, I, I thought that they would bring Raquel at the end, but I was like, surely you're not. We need more than one episode from Raquel. I'm mad that, like, we didn't need a filler for everything that has gone on. We needed to, and they probably thought Raquel couldn't handle it. That's probably what it was. It's like, we got to cut it back. She can't handle this much stage time. And maybe they wanted to give more to Sheena since, you know, she's always been an actual cast member. But I thought this was a waste. I was tired of James getting up and down. You know, <laughs> like the what the worm with the mustache was great the one time, but then he kept saying it. I mean, if anything, it's just what we're, we are seeing with more time that's given to Tom Sandoval is how diabolical he really is. What he said about Stasi, the way he, like, he called Ariana a motherfucker. That's on the Peacock. Because what I'm finding myself doing is watching it live. I'm watching it live. Commercials and everything. I'm not even recording mm-hmm. it. And then I'm going to Peacock and watching it the next day. And yeah. so you're seeing Tom unravel. And that is interesting to me. I mean, even his interaction with the producer... Exactly. I thought I was also agree with you. Very underwhelmed with part two. Um, I thought showing how Tom, you kind of saw more of Tom's just, he's, I just, I don't think he's a good person. Um, Brad made a point that he thought that this episode was to try to give the other cast members time to tell more of their story. Cause it's been so focused on Scandaval. Um, so he's like, we saw a little bit more of James. We saw Allie. We heard from Sheena. So it was just trying to like give other cast members a little bit. We saw, we heard a lot more from Lala. Um, and then I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychotherapist. Um, I, like between the the two parts of the reunion part two that I liked was seeing Tom and seeing more of him and how he actually is and who he is. And then watching Raquel is, I don't like, I don't even like part of me is like, I think something's actually not there. There's some sort of like, there's some sort of empathy that's missing I think for a long time, we've written off Raquel as dumb, and she may be that. I saw um, somebody put a compilation together of Raquel moments, and I forgot some of the stuff. Like, she asked James if he thinks she's stupid. She tells this story about her multiplication tables and, and like, the ice cream scoops. And, and it's like it's like... Raquel, her conversation with Lala, and Lala's like, I mean, if I thought you were a true idiot, I would, and and Raquel's like, that means so much to me that you said that. And I'm like, we, so we've seen her stupidity over the seasons. But when she's confronted with a situation like this, where she's got to show some type of feeling, emotion, there's got to be a term, there's got to be there's some type of disorder, right? I'm not going to go and say she's a sociopath because we know they lack empathy, but there is some type of, it's got to be labeled as something where 
she sees it's I think it's just too easy to write it off as stupidity. I agree with you. It seems too blank blank and too like there's just like there's an enormous lack of depth that seems almost impossible. <laughs> I and that's why and I guess that was a preview of what we will get in part 3. She will continue to sit there. We have not mm-hmm. seen any preview of her crying, so I'm not expecting Mm-mm. that. Not a tear. We not see a well. her try to like blame, you know, Lala and James. So it's like there seems to be no accountability other than saying I was selfish. We see her say that. So I just, I, I guess like I have to manage my expectations for part three. I also have to say that I think everything that she says for the most part seems like a line that Tom has told, like fed her. Like she's just robotic and repeating. It's like she's acting. Like she's like, this is what I was told to say and I have to say it. And that's why Tom wanted to talk to her off camera. 100%. Which was so obvious. Um, We can move on. Jersey, part one of the reunion, highly anticipated. Here's my general thought. We said last week that Obviously, we're sick of the the Melissa Teresa thing, and th- it's gone. It's been going on for so long. There's like, it's not a she's right, she's right. I'm on this person's side. It's just there are lies being told back and forth. We're never going to get the truth. But now I have to take that to this entire cast. When I hear, when I see the Margaret and the Jennifer and the Laura. It's like there's so many lies being told. Yeah. I just, and nobody wants to cop, like own up to it. I feel like, you know, we got somewhere with Rachel and Danielle. And you know why? Because they're new and it's fresh and it's easy to be like, you know what? Let's let bygones be bygones. But some of this drama is so old to use Dolores's words that I'm tired of talking about it because we're never going to get to the bottom of it. Reunions, you're supposed to get somewhere, confront each other and get somewhere, even if it's we can agree to disagree or we still hate each other. But now it's exhausting. And I don't know if I I do want to see the men come, but I don't want to see much more after that. I'm tired. Um. Okay. Those are your general thoughts. <laughs> I am. I can agree with you that there's so many lies. I don't know what's true, what's not true. I have like my gut feeling about stuff. I'm sure you do too. Um, I think they're both wrong. They both, me, me talking about Melissa and Teresa. For some reason though, watching the reunion, I'm like, I disagree with both of you guys. You guys, you guys are both liars. You guys both are doing whatever. I don't even know. Melissa is also annoying. So it's a combination of you're a liar and you're annoying. So that like, makes you lean whole, towards Teresa. <laughs> the whole reunion, I was like, oh my God, shut up. Every time she said something, it's like the way she talks to people and how she says it. I'm just like, okay. Teresa, I don't know if she knows what like, you know, she's, she doesn't know what's going on half the time. Melissa knows, knows she's lied about things, doesn't admit to anything ever, does not say sorry for anything ever, and then acts like she's better. And I'm like, you guys are the same. 
You guys are doing the same thing to each other. They are. So it's the way she talked. I'm just like, you're done. You have nothing for me. I have don't. I agree with Teresa. Bye. It's your last time. You're going to be gone. I was like, great. I hope we're all on the same page with that. The rest of the cast, it's just... Uh, great. I'm glad Rachel Fuda and Danielle made up. Rachel, you can also leave with Melissa. Bye. <laughs> don't need it. I Rachel just don't can need go. it. Rachel, Rachel can, can go. go. I The shadiest moment in this episode to me was to your point about Melissa when the accusations are being thrown about like how Melissa got on the show. And I think we can all agree. Melissa did want to be on the show. Melissa did. They wanted to be famous. And they used the beef that they had between each other to get on the show. I think we can all agree that's the case. And I just wish... Melissa would say that, yeah, it was a storyline. We didn't get along. I don't think it's that big of a deal at this point. Right, You've been on for 10 right. years. But when Andy was like, no, she didn't DM me, he said, listen, she was cute and Joe was funny. I thought that was so shady because he's basically saying, Melissa's just pretty. And, and Joe was the draw. And it went right over Melissa's head because she was like, totally. Because Melissa you. was also <laughs> bragging on herself as to why Laura. So, you know, to go back a bit, Margaret and Jennifer are going back and forth. And it's clear that Jennifer has a friendship with Laura, the former best friend now of Margaret. And she's taking Laura's side in this and basically saying, Laura said Margaret blocked her from being on the show. And Margaret's like, that's not true. And even Andy said, no, Margaret was trying to get Laura on the show. And they were kind of alluding that the reason Laura's not on the show is because she's not interesting. She's not, there's nothing there. And so Melissa's kind of like, well, no, Teresa, I got on the show because I'm interesting and I'm cute. And Annie's like, no, you're cute and Joe was funny. And she just didn't even realize that was it. You alone could not be on this show. Joe was the draw. And I thought that was the shadiest moment that she didn't even get. But also, even even still, I don't think they would have been cast if it weren't for Teresa. Like, it was, Joe's funny, you're cute, and your Teresa's sister, who's the star of this show, or sister-in-law and brother, who's the star of the show, and you guys don't get along. Y'all were going, going to get cast. Yep, yep. And for some reason, Melissa wants to think that they just out of the blue found her, had nothing to do with Teresa, and she got put on the show. And there's nothing wrong with her not talking to Teresa about it at all. Like, you can say, again, to my point, I fucked up, I messed that up, da 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 whatever. She just won't do it. She won't do it. No, they won't. They won't. Um, I think my thing with Teresa is... I. I I understand what you mean about Melissa being annoying. I don't think she's not annoying to me. She's just has an inflated sense of self and thinks that I think she brings more to the show than she actually does. And when Teresa said your entire storyline is me, Teresa's correct. And when Melissa says, no, it's not your entire storyline is about your brother. It's like, no, Teresa is right. She went to jail guys. Then her husband went to jail. She had a baby. She's right. She got married. There's, there are she so got many layers and divorce. There are so many layers to Teresa's story on this show. And Melissa, there's not. There's, it's, 
I mean, you being a, a stripper, I guess, but that still was tied to Teresa, Teresa. and the drama. Teresa and- made that story for you. She might have made the complete thing up, but it was the storyline. And I wouldn't want to admit it either. I too wouldn't want to. I get the delusion. I wouldn't want to say it either, but we, listen, her friends were silent. They know it's true as well. Um, I will say with Teresa though, I used to give a lot of credit to Louis, but I do think, and I'm, that's why I'm so curious moving forward. Louis is bringing her down and he is making her credibility tank. Okay. I think Louis has made Teresa better by saying these things like, oh, therapy's good. You want to get over things. You want to move on. You want to like not always like be triggered and like woo saw all those things. I think all those things are great for Teresa. So Louis did help bring those into her life because that's part of his like, I think, fake persona. So I'm happy that he brought that into her life. If only he could take his own advice. I think we said this before, but Louis obviously both. He's the Zen Louis and he's the red hot Louis. Literally. Um, what do you think he's more of? I have to assume, and I'm, I think this because he has friends. Her daughters love him. He has his kids a lot. Those are all good signs to me. So I have to assume in real life, he is much more Zen Louie than Triggered Louie. I think this show absolutely is not great for Triggered Louie. I think he's triggered all the time on this show. I think that this show has probably triggered him in everyday life as well. Like no cameras. He's still pissed. He's still trying to dig up shit on people. He's still doing all those things. If he were not on the show at all, Triggered Louie would still show up. I just don't think as much. Do you think that the accusations that are being thrown out there that we'll see more of in the other episodes are true in regards to him contacting other siblings, him having a file, and um, what was it that Rachel said he did? Oh, contacting the the the, the mother of her adopted sons. Yeah, yeah. Do we think that? Do you think there's truth to that? I have no idea because. This show makes up so much shit about people. It's hard to tell. I. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to believe that none of it is true. Do I think that Louis himself called those people? I don't know. It could have been someone else. It could have been someone Louis hired. It could have been all different versions. It could have been a much more mild thing that they're blowing up to make it worse. They all dig shit up and find stuff and try to make it horrible. So I don't know. But do I think Louis' hands are clean? Uh, no. (laughs) Louis, I believe it. And maybe I want to believe it. Maybe that's the problem. I want to believe that Louis is really doing this shit. No, you want to know what the problem is? Makes it more interesting. The problem is that it is believable. That's the problem. If That's someone true. told me that Brian did this, I would be like, you guys are high. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, Brian does not have the time, nor does he care enough to do this. But here, it, it, with that thought, you're very true. That's very true. I wouldn't put that past 
any of the men on this show. The only man that I think on this show that wouldn't do that is um, Frank. What's her name? No, I think I, I I could see Frank doing it. What's her? Uh, is it John Jack? No, Jackie's husband. Maybe John. Maybe John Fuda oh, and, Jackie's and Jackie's husband, husband. Is absolutely not doing this. He's way too good looking. Yeah, the rest of them would do it. Also, Jackie's husband doesn't even feel like he even really wants to be there. He's on the show for Jackie. And Jennifer's husband. Jennifer's husband. Oh, Bill wouldn't. I don't think Bill would do it either. Bill, Bill, whatever Jackie's husband's name is. And maybe John Fuda. Oh, and Danielle's husband. Danielle's husband. It's really the OGs. Danielle's husband wouldn't do this either. It's really the OGs. Joe Gorga would do it. Frank would do it. I think, I I even think maybe Fuda would do it. So the only ones that I would be like, I would be shocked. Okay, first, in ranking order, most shocked, Jackie's husband. Because he really does not care enough. And then secondly would probably be Bill. No, Danielle's husband. Danielle's husband? Okay, and then Danielle's. Bill. Yeah. And then Bill. Which is is funny because on the flip side, um, Jennifer would be number one. Yeah, right? Jennifer would be number one. Margaret's husband's up. And it'd be Joe. If, there was, if we're going at the top, who would? It'd be Joe. And then it'd be Margaret's husband. Can't even think of his name right now. I agree. Um, okay. I don't even feel like getting into like Dolores and Polly don't really care. They seem no, happy. I'm happy for her, I could care less. Yeah, I could care less that he's not divorced. They have they've got their shit together. They're good. Um Danielle and her brother. I I got excited when she said she was about to see her brother, and then I lost all of it when she said it was gonna be at a funeral. He's not talking to her there. It's not gonna happen. I um I, in this instance, I believe Danielle. I believe that she does not know what she did. I believe that the Instagram post is what started it. I'm sure there's other stuff that has happened since then or right after that. And I'm sure the Instagram argument was worse than what they're saying because she really believes in that. That's part of her business. So I'm sure her brother even saying it was stupid hurt her feelings. So I'm sure there was an argument about Instagram. And then she blocked her brother. Um, which I also think, if you're going to call me annoying and make fun of me, why would I not block you? We're siblings. We'll be okay. You know what I mean? It's not like you blocked a friend that you'd never see or talk to. True. She did make a comment that she said something about his wife, though. Oh, yes. Yes. I think she said that his wife is the one that's like making him feel like she's annoying and all those other things. Yeah, it, it seems like she overstepped maybe. She alluded, this is the, the very beginning, she made it seem like she said something that pissed him off about his wife. Well, he, she also said stuff on the show that she thinks the wife is the issue. And I, so it makes me think that she, we're not getting the full story with that. She probably did say something offensive. Now, is that enough to not talk to your sibling for three years? No. Also, I'm not completely standing up for him. Also, his wife could have said something too. I'm sure, for sure her for sure. and Danielle just don't get along. It doesn't seem like they're the same type of person. They probably have not liked each other for a while. And then this blow up happened. So his, his wife and him are probably like, we're done. But I agree with you. I would not talk to my sibling. And even her sending a gift for the baby, like you would think that that's like extending an olive branch. Uh, yeah. All that's... that said, I if someone were telling me this, I don't get why the women care so much to be like, that can't be it. We don't believe that. That's why you're not talking to him. And you don't take accountability. We don't fucking know. Why do you guys care? 
because Margaret doesn't have a storyline. Margaret doesn't have anything else to talk about except for other people's business. Think about Margaret this entire season. Her issue was beef. Well, I mean, I guess the Laura thing, but that that wasn't the biggest issue this season. It was kind of mentioned, but it was talked with it was talked about when Margaret wasn't really around. So Margaret's issue has just been like beef with each individual person rather than what was going on in her own life. The only thing we know is that her friend was living with her. Like that's that was it. And stop bringing her mom on. Sorry. I like we don't need to see Margaret senior. You know who else I felt like we didn't get to um, hear their whole, like, I, I didn't like how, it, I wish Danielle, I wish she could, like, respond better. But when Margaret was like, it was much more mild. And even Andy was like, I didn't think it was a big deal at all what Danielle said. Danielle, then why wouldn't you be like, then do you see that this whole season you've been dragging me? You've constantly yelled at me for something that you don't even think is a big deal because of her. That's a good point. That's a really good point. But instead, they were just like, see? Okay, okay. I'm like, no, you need to You need to be like, why did you... You've hated me this whole season because of this. And you don't even think it's a big deal. Right. And she still seems to not like her. Um, I do want to say that all the women look fantastic. I'm not... Uh, I'm not saying I love their outfits, but like, I thought Danielle looked... That's the best I've seen Danielle. Oh, like, yeah. Danielle looked great. I even thought I loved Rachel looked good. Buddha to me. reminded me of Belle, but she looked good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was giving Beauty and the Beast. Um, but I thought that they all looked really good. I mean, Andy made the comment, but I was like, they really do look good. Question for you. Uh, for some reason, I mean, I guess I get it, but not really. They, like Melissa and Margaret, are blaming the entire Melissa rumor on Teresa. Everyone heard it. Like, uh, Jennifer heard it from Laura herself also, right? She heard it first, probably. Why? I don't get why they're so mad at Teresa for this, when also Jennifer and Danielle are saying that the entire point of it wasn't the actual rumor because they don't even know if it's true or not. It's more so why... Because because Dan- Jennifer wants to be mad at... Um, or is mad at Margaret. The whole point is, why, aren't you, why don't you see the type of person that Margaret is? She clearly was gossiping to Laura and telling her tons of stuff. Whether this rumor is true or not, she also told Laura other stuff that we know is true, right? So that seemed to be the point of it all for Danielle and Jennifer because they don't like Margaret. It wasn't the rumor. It was that Marge is saying these things. Right. I understand that Teresa called Joe over and we talked about this. That's what I think it is. Yeah, but I mean, like anyone's doing that. Anyone's calling their brother and not their brother's wife if they really believe it. I, I agree with you. I don't think I did at first, but then after you explained it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make a lot of sense. I agree with you. But I think that that's what Melissa's hanging on to is... Why were you and Jennifer talking about it? And why were you going to Danielle about it when we but already Teresa did knew it. this was, was an it? She Jennifer did Jennifer did that. But I but they but remember at the beginning they were like, Well, Laura said some things and I don't want to say, and I don't want to say. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, she easily could have been like, 
Yeah, and I've already talked to Melissa about it. Like, even without getting into the specifics, she could have yeah, been like, yeah, and I've yeah. already talked to my brother about it and Melissa, so, like, we can move on, Jennifer. She didn't shut it down. And we know why she didn't shut it down. She hates Melissa. We get it. And I think that's the only thing Melissa's holding on to. It's like, why yeah, that makes you sense. even, you know? So, oh, oh, a check in Melissa's box. A check yeah, in Melissa's... She would have wanted, um, she would have wanted Teresa to shut it down. Yeah. I, and I think that's that. Listen, that's that's it. I'm ready for the men. That's going to bring new drama. I want to see the men go at each other. John Fuda's upset. He seems like a f- good fun time, and even he's riled up with this. I honestly, Margaret's husband needs to step it up. He doesn't say anything. Like he's well, just. I think he got there. in trouble for saying something. Um. Oh, the rumor, the Jackie rumor. Remember, they were like, "You heard it too." And he was like, no, I did it. He wanted to like completely be out of it. I feel like since then, he's like, don't get me in this shit. I, I don't know anything. You're right. He did. He was right in the middle of it. Yes, I'm excited for the men. I want to see the dynamic they're going to bring. Do, are we getting three parts of Jersey or just two? I feel like, I feel like it'll be three. And I don't know how we get there, but hopefully that means the men, you know what? Because the, the men are going to come in part three. They're, gonna, they're giving us Jackie and Jennifer, which still is not enough for next time. That's what I feel like we're getting. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. We're going to talk about Martha's Vineyard, but we also have a treat at the end. So I don't even feel like we have to spend too much time on Martha's Vineyard because we've got a special treat for you guys after we recap this. Um, I have a question for you, though. Okay. Overall, I like the show. But if I were to cast this show 
there's probably two, maybe three people I'd keep. Wait. Okay, this is this is what we're going to discuss because we, we get into some other stuff later. Who? I would do more, but who? I would keep Preston. Yes, because you have to have that. Mm-hmm. I would keep Shanice. And I think the third person I would keep is Summer. We don't even know Summer. She gave good energy this episode. Okay. I'm sorry. The Jasmine... I just feel... I feel like... I, I get the Jasmine and Silas are storyline. A big storyline. I feel like we could have casted more senior members of Martha's Vineyard. I feel like this also had to be filmed during down season. So I would like next season to be during season. I know it'll be more expensive, but I want the bars to be filled. And by the way, they film in season for the Hamptons. They're there over the summer. The bars are filled. I want bars to be filled. I want someone who knows the right spots. I want to be at the big parties. That's what I want. I want them so to have parties at their this, house. This wasn't done in the summer. Mm, definitely not. First of well, all, they're semi cold. Yeah. Cold, First yeah. of all, they're semi cold. Like at Summer House, what makes it so great is they host these parties and tons of people come. I want that. We're not getting that. That's that's true. That's true. Um, mm, very interesting. And 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 part of part of it is because it is very difficult. It's not easy to get to Martha's Vineyard. So their parties would have to consist of people who were already there, which is what, that's what which I'm goes saying. to the end, yeah. which goes to the end season part of it all. But or also if you had seasoned members, like my friends that go to Martha's Vineyard, they've been going their entire lives. They know everyone there. So much so that they know people who know people on this cast or know someone from this cast. And they're like, it's interesting they brought these people that have only been going for a few years. If you had seasoned people, we would get, let's say, 100 people at the house for a party. And we would get to see what the actual vibe of Martha's Vineyard is. And like bringing together like Black people and what it's like to be there. So here would be my question. Do they have Black people behind the scenes on this show? Because Mm, we're over here consulting, you're welcome, Bravo, who are telling you what needs to be done. Because you're right, the show won't continue to be, like, I'm enjoying watching it, but the show won't be as successful if they keep it up this way. Because quite naturally, you're going to compare it to what we've already seen with Summer House. And we're not getting it. We're getting more of a Winter House vibe. Because Winter House... It's a couple of weeks, which is this is as well. And they bring friends in, but they don't host these big parties where everybody is coming like we see in Summer House. That's what this is giving. Mm-hmm. I'm over Winter House, to be honest with you. Um, maybe what could happen is Summer House people could come as well and they show them the ropes and we get this dynamic of like white people summer versus black people summer. That could be fun as well. I'd enjoy watching that. But that is an interesting point of what you say about who you would keep. I disagree. I would keep Silas and Jasmine for sure. I like Jordan and Amir, but they can go. You know, if like we're, if this is like who who stays and who goes. I would keep Bria because she's a lot. Mm-hmm. And she rubs people the wrong way. 
And I want that type of person in the house. I would keep Preston because he's the voice of reason and you got to have the voice of reason in the house. And then who's left? Okay, I don't know enough about Summer or Jason. Nick can go. Uh, Alex can go. Like, I'm loving the house as it is, but I'm just saying, if we're moving on to the next season, that's who I think should say. Wait, did I only pick three people? I picked Preston. You said, wait, I said Jasmine, Silas. Silas. Preston. Preston. And Bria, four. I picked four. Four. Oh, my God. She's dramatic. She rubs people the wrong way. And that is necessary. She continues to do that. And I want that in the house. But all that to say, I'm, lo- I'm still enjoying this show, but there are certain things that need to happen if we're going to continue. And I hope we continue to a season two. Um, listen, I don't think that there's much more to recap with this because of the treat we have, unless there's something that you want to discuss specifically. No, with I feel this like episode. it goes into a lot of the new things that are happening and stuff that happens this week and everything that we've seen so far. And a little bit of what's to come. Yes. So let's not keep talking around the treat. Let's tell you what the treat is. Let's give it to you. You guys, we actually have a really fantastic interview with Preston from Martha's Vineyard, Summerhouse Martha's Vineyard. And we do a deep dive on every single person in the house. Preston does not hold back. Let, let me, we, He's the voice of reason in the house, but he is not the voice of reason on this podcast. He... I don't want to say goes in, but he's just very honest. It's a very honest conversation about what we've seen so far in the house, about his opinions on certain people, about him having hindsight and wishing maybe certain things didn't go down the way that they did. And he even talks about his current status with certain people in the house. And it's it's a very interesting interview. And so at this point, we'll stop talking about it. We'll just give it to you. You guys enjoy this wonderful interview with Preston. Um, and we will see you guys next week. All right. Well, we have a treat today. We've been recapping Summer House Martha's Vineyard, but now we get to talk to someone live who is a part of this show that we are loving so much. Before we get started, I want everybody to say this with me. Black excellence. Oh, Lord. <laughs> because, I, oh. wait, Preston, <laughs> Callie doesn't like it either. She was on your side. I'm we, on your side. Have you changed your mind or are we still are oh we still anti the phrase I will, black excellence? I will never change my mind on that. So <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you why. You know what? So I I think I do agree with the concept of black excellence because I think we're all excellent. Um, but you know, like I said on the show, and like I will always tweet rant, like I just think for so long there's certain versions of blackness that's seen as more important, more valuable, more commodifiable. And I hate it. And I hate it. Um, I'm just like, listen, we have enough, and I'm, I'm going to say this very unapologetically, we have enough mediocre white people for Black folks to feel comfortable with being average. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> listen, I'm always talking about the mediocrity of <laughs> white folks. You're fine. You're in a safe space. Look, yes, I'm about to say, this is this is going to be a great interview. The fact that we started off with this is going to be a great interview. <laughs> I could not agree with you more. I also don't feel like we need to announce it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it just starts to mean nothing. One hundred percent. 
you know, we're cheers into it. We're going to bed listening to it. We're waking up being excellent in black. Like, give it a rest. What? How I much agree. more? Uh, <laughs> I understand, but still, you know, from from time to time, if I see it, I like to I like to talk about it. But I, <laughs> I agree. But I agree. We are we are all excellent in our own ways. It doesn't all yeah. have to look the same. Um, okay, let's start from the beginning. Preston, for those, because this is this is what we're going to do. If you're not watching Summer House Martha's Vineyard, you are missing out. And by the end of this interview, you're going to be all in. Because Preston, you're going to talk, we're going to get to know you, you're going to talk about it, and you're going to sell us on, Mar- or the people who are watching on Martha's Vineyard. But how, how did you get a part of the show? And what made you say, because you're an attorney, right? I am. Yeah. I, I, I'm a recovering attorney who used to, <laughs> who was on reality TV as well. So yes. what makes you say, you know what? I'm going to let all these people in my business and go on reality TV. How does that yeah. It's It wasn't an easy decision. I mean, I will say, I think it's easier than some people may believe who know me, but um, I mean, originally I was connected through Silas, who was my fraternity brother. Um, and not only my fraternity brother, but my line brother. Um, and so you know, he was already like, you know, listen, my friend Jordan and a few others were already talking to some folks and really wanted to be connected to, like, to the show and maybe you, right? Like, you, you know, you bring something different and unique and we're really cool. We didn't start off that way, which I talk about, <laughs> but, you know, we always developed our relationship and I ended up being a groomsman in he and Jasmine's wedding. And of course, I had already met at that point, them, naturally, I met Jordan a couple of times, Shanice, um, and a few others. Uh, and honestly, I think that's what made it a little bit more comfortable joining the cast. Um, if I didn't know anybody, I don't think I would have <laughs> felt comfortable. But I think there was such something that was so organic about our friendships, about our relationships, something that we've never seen on TV before, like 12 fresh face, I guess. Uh, millennial <laughs> Black folks um, who are just enjoying their life, who truly already love the vineyard and have been going for a few years and just want the world to see. For me, mine was a little bit, I'll be honest, right? Like, I'm certainly, like, not the only queer person on television, but I do think I always reflect on the type of queerness that I see on TV and are people able to fully be themselves on TV? Um, how many Black queer people do I see? And I don't see many, um, at least many beyond a caricature. Um, and so for me, I wanted to, if I was going to take this opportunity, I really wanted to be able to just be myself on TV, right? Which means the good, the bad, the ugly. It means the messy, the beautiful. It's all the things. Um, And so that's originally how I got connected on the show and to folks. But I think it was a deeper thing for me in terms of like, what is it, what possibility model can I be for little Black gay boys growing up? And what are they actually seeing reflected of themselves on TV and film? That's awesome. And uh, I I totally agree with you. I, I feel like the range of queerness that we see on TV is kind of limited. So mm-hmm. kind of expanding that, especially being a Black queer person, um, is great to watch. And, you know, we've only seen a few episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen so far, I feel like um, there's some reality television shows that I watch and I'm like, you are not going to have your job after this. Mm-hmm. And I do, not feel, <laughs> I, do not, I do not feel that about you on this show. So, so far, it's been a great decision. Oh, um, okay. so far from what we've seen, you seem kind of like the peacemaker. You seem to be the one with the level head on the show. 
Um, how do you feel like your reception has been? How have you watching the show? And as you said, you you are on Twitter. Yeah. Um, what what have you um, seen? What what have you felt from the fans of the show? Oh my god, a lot of love. Honestly, I mean, I think I, I don't think any of us know the reception, or at least how we're going to be received or perceived on TV. You kind of just go with it, and whatever happens, happens. I think like. For fo- there, there were a few different things that I realized quickly when folks were discussing Summer House Marcus Vineyard online. And it was, for me specifically, it was, to your point, Callie, like, yes, the peacemaker, but also like the voice of reason slash anchor being like there kind of for everybody when they need me. I mean, that didn't happen always, to be very clear. <laughs> you know, near the end, sometimes your buttons get a little pushed, not intentionally, but because you're just so fucking exhausted with everything always happening. Um, and I think you may see some of that too, but just rest assured, I'm still in the right. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, the reality is I I, I think I'm a peacemaker. Uh, I wouldn't use that word per se. I, I think I'm a voice of reason in real life, right? And I think reality TV is just a reflection of that. Um, like I actually really hate constant arguing. Like for me, maybe that's not the popular attorney answer, but sometimes it feels to be a waste of time, <laughs> which like, have you ever just sat and listened to people argue and you're like, y'all don't hear each other. Yes. And it's something that feels like it actually could be resolved very quickly, but y'all are talking past each other. Um, and so that's how I kind of feel we were. It's a pressure cooker in the house. It's a pressure cooker sometimes. And I think it just bottled up a lot of times, especially under such a short amount of time period. But the reception has been fantastic. I don't think yet I'll get used to like the, you know, are you pressing from the show? So it's always like Black folks are like, you on the, you on the Black Summer House, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the show I'm on. But yeah, it's it's been a full experience. It's great because that means that they're watching. Um, I'm curious because we're fans of we're we're big Bravo fans of we watch majority of the shows. So we watch the other summer house with the Hamptons. Um, And now, of course, we're watching your show. Have any of them reached out to you and have they been helpful in navigating all of this? And if so, who? It's interesting, right? So the person, there's really been one, well, two, I would say, main person. I was there is definitely some relationship between some of their uh, cast and some of our cast. Um, but I will say for me specifically, the the two people who have reached out have been Maya and has been Kyle. Um, just to really not even give anything, but just like positive feedback and really hope that people watch the show. Um, and that's something I've really appreciated. I mean, listen, Kyle is obviously one of the OGs. And I think, that, you know, maybe this is, I don't want to say it's an overstatement, but I do have to always reflect on the people who made certain shows possible that even made our spinoff, so to speak, possible. Um, right. And so I, I just always want to give honors to folks who I think have done the work leading up to make it possible for us to get to do the work as well. It's a job. It's a job too. Yeah. Um, and that's just real. But yeah, so those two, you know, I'm obviously hoping over time we'll just continue to build our relationships. But there have been a couple, but online, on, many of them have been fully supportive. And I really, and actually, when we did our cast premiere party, a couple other folks showed up. Danielle had showed up. Um, so, and, you know, we had a really good conversation. So the, people are definitely supporting. Good. Yeah, that's actually really good to hear. I love hearing, especially um, Kyle, just because sometimes if you're on TV too long, people think, you know, they're above it. So it's really nice to hear that Kyle cares and reached out. 
I'm also happy to say that Sierra completely agreed with me on my mac and cheese comment. And she wrote, <laughs> and she wrote me to say that. <laughs> um, I actually have a logistical question because Rachel and I have been confused and we've talked about it every podcast. How long are y'all actually there? Yeah, we're there for a few weeks. I mean, like the the show definitely shows fifteen days as like right. we don't think fifteen. I told you. <laughs> but it's but, longer uh, than they, y'all are there longer than fifteen days, right? Give or take. Oh, and this this is why we say it's a pressure cooker. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way it has to be longer." That's crazy that they were no. able to make a show out of fifteen days. Y'all were on one. It's very much Lady Gaga's another club, another club. I mean, it was very <laughs> much like another drama, another drama happening. But it was it was good. I think that's why you get so exhausted though after a while. Like I remember we were joking around, like I need some IV pumps, <laughs> like I need something because I am tired right now. Um, but you know, I can say watching it is funny because like who you are actually does come out. So I don't know about y'all. I eat in my bed every day. <laughs> I really do. Oh, do like, it is, I love eating in my bed. I don't know what it is. I just want to watch some TV and just eat in my bed. And I don't even think I put it together how much I did it in the house. <laughs> and so I saw the last episode when it was fully a plate of mac and cheese next to me. <laughs> And I'm eating it as I'm laying down. I'm like, Lord. I'm like, if this is actually not me, though. Like, I can't even have at it. You know what, though? I tend to do that when I'm drinking. And I'm imagining that y'all are drinking a lot. So it's like you go to sleep. You got the food. You wake up. It's on you. Yeah, it, it makes sense. But it, this is also what makes it great TV. I'm glad it's 15 days. I don't want to see it stretch out. I want, like, a pressure cooker. I want you guys to, like, it all to boil up. Sorry. And, and like explode <laughs> for all of us to watch it because it's just it's so fun to see. Now, speaking of people, um, pressure cookers and and things blowing up, your LB, Silas, is very interesting to watch. And I'm curious to your opinion, because you obviously have known him for a long time. Um, you're seeing him on the show. You did just make a comment that people are really who we're seeing on the show. And one of the storylines, I mean, one of the narratives is Silas and Jasmine and their relationship and the fact that they met during the pandemic. He kind of knew her in a different way, pandemic Jasmine. And now that we're out of it and she's with her friends more, he's seeing a different side. Do you think... Because he's been accused by multiple people on this, on this, in the house that he's controlling. Do you think that he's a little too controlling with Jasmine and then also with some of the people in the house? Yes. What's the next question, Rachel? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know. No answer says no. a lot. Preston says no. a lot. <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> the, the, the answer is yes. Period. And, <laughs> like, listen, I've known Silas longer than everyone in that house. Catch that team. So I think the reality is there are some who may not want to believe that he is because who wants to be called controlling, right? There's, a, there's an automatic negative statement attached to it. But I also want people to realize that most of us are controlling, right? Like, most of us don't want to relinquish power and control. Most of us have like this thing with our day-to-day plans and we panic when it gets shifted. Um, I think the problem is when certain people hear controlling, and I think Silas is a part of this, maybe Jasmine as well. I think when they hear controlling, it's automatically like abusive, like attached to like mm, abuse mm-hmm. and violence. And I'm like, no, you just 
like things your way all the time. And that is that is controlling. And in my experience in our friendship, that that's how Silas has been. Does that make him a horrible person? No. Does that make him a bad friend? No. Um, but I think sometimes people are so unnuanced, right? When they hear that they are controlling, it's like, I'm not controlling. And then they fight so hard that it actually proves that they are. And so at the end of the day, the real, I mean, I just don't care enough about people's relationships in that way. I, I'll be honest. Like, What's good for what's good for the goose ain't always gonna be good for the gander. <laughs> Again, if Solace was gay, he wouldn't be my type of guy <laughs> to date or relationship with. Um, but but and and if and if he wants to be honest with himself, and I say this in love, even when Nick and him were having the conversation and he described like he said, No, I don't think I'm controlling. I just like to make sure that things are lined up and I'm the backstop. And it's like, you literally just described what controlling means. <laughs> so I just, it's, so I just don't think people, I think people are sometimes running away from a definition without actually conceptualizing the definition. It like reminds me of when races like get frustrated by being called racist, but have no problem being racist. It's like, if you don't want to be called controlling, maybe don't be controlling like that. That's also an option. Uh, and so, the rea- yes, the, the honest answer is yes. I do believe that there are a lot of controlling elements to, to, to Silas, right? And I, and I don't think that that means that he's an awful person. And I just pray that he sees the difference one day. Yeah, you're also saying that he might be controlling, but you don't think that there's ill intent behind it. I, I I think even even though there was some organ music playing behind the first episode <laughs> at the end, that, that was actually my point of my statement at the end. Like I'm just like there are certain things we do that are that's out of love, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it a pos- That doesn't make it positive, right? We can right. love people all day, but it doesn't mean we're not loving them in a harmful way or yeah. like showing it or it doesn't show up in harmful ways. Um, but so yeah, like. I don't think it's ill-intentioned. I don't think it's malicious. And I believe that there are some things about it that I personally don't like. And yeah. again, I, I think he can figure it out. I just think he has to stop running away from the from the word itself and figure out why people are saying it so consistently. Yeah. Um, another controversial person, Miss Bria. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go for Bria. Bria. Um, so there's two things. The first thing I want to ask, you are totally okay with the dog? <laughs> you, you think it's okay for the dog to come on the trip so with can no I warning? This? Kelly's so, I... so bothered by the dog. She slid in my DMs because I posted a picture of my dog. She slid in my DMs this morning about a dog. <laughs> so, so, Callie, so Rachel, you have a dog. Callie, do you have a dog? Uh, so I grew up with dogs. Okay, I, yeah. Like, I, my husband's allergic, so I don't have dogs now. Plus, I have too too many kids, so I'm like, no, we have to wait till they're grown. Yeah. But I love dogs. Yeah. My dogs. My dogs. Correct. Yeah. Um, I just feel if you're coming on a trip, you at least bare minimum have to let everybody know that you are bringing the dog. Yeah. At the I mean, bare minimum. Yeah, I do think there's always this thing that clearly you should let folks know, right? You don't know who has allergies, etc. I can only speak for myself. I didn't care just because I do have a dog. And it just made me miss my dog. Um, there were some people who definitely were hot about it. And I think they had every reason to be. Um, but there were many of us did not care, honestly. Okay. Um, and I think it's just because we were just like, 
our personal it's thing a dog. is, we're like, we're not allergic. It's a dog. Right. And, and to be honest, Milo was such a, a good housemate. <laughs> okay. Milo did not. Milo was, I forgot Milo was there a lot of times outside of people you're like talking about Milo because right. Milo was super chill. Um, like my dog would have been tearing that house apart. <laughs> he would have been running all, and my dog, is, my dog is like almost 60 pounds. So Milo was just a small wiener dog, like who, you know, sometimes is smart, sometimes not too smart, but, <laughs> but you love Milo. I uh, feel like my yeah. problem isn't Milo. It's that when confronted, like you have a dog, you should have asked. She would not take any bit of accountability yeah. at all. There is a lack of consideration for sure. There, okay. there is, yeah, there is absolutely a lack of consideration. I, and I think from, again, I can just speak for myself here. I think for me, I didn't care just because of that. But I think we all can realize if someone just goes on a trip and I'm like, hey, y'all. It, I mean, it's really the idea of asking for forgiveness as opposed to permission. Because at the end of the day, and I'm about solutions. So at the end of the day, what are we going to do? Milo here. The dog's here. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what how do we move forward with this? But you'll see people did not want to move forward. Mm. <laughs> I th- this is what I love about this show too, is everyone has their own story. You know, sometimes it's like people get lost in the shuffle, but there's something going on with everybody. What the fuck is going on with Nick? His it's there's a there's a weird I found Phil entertaining. This is <laughs> Nick. There's a weird energy there where I'm like, what is like, were you, were you, were you going after Shanice or not? Did you have a girlfriend or not? I don't want to say it. I do want to say it. I'm not attracted to Jordan. Like, there's just, it, it's like he's too trying to be too cool for school. Yeah. I just, help, help us understand. I mean, I do you dress Nick. like the Monopoly man or not? Do you dress like it's Easter <laughs> Sunday? Every day? He does dress like it every day. And honestly, <laughs> me and Jordan are quick to count him for this. Because we're like, you're so fashionable with your blazer and your sweater on top of it and your t-shirt underneath. Move. But that's but that's our boy. <laughs> that's our boy. The reality is the women described it best. Nick absolutely did flirt with them. Like he really did, especially Jordan and Shanice. I know Bria mentioned some things here and there. I don't remember a lot happening um with between him and Bria, but I know he definitely for sure was flirting heavy with with Jordan and Shanice. The reality, though, is also he does have a girlfriend. I mean, I've met her many times. Um, and she's sweet as pie. Um, she's gonna be pissed. Well, listen, black women don't take too kind of being embarrassed, and certainly not publicly. So they still toge- are they still together? Listen, we we yes, actually. Oh, we, we yeah. Listen, listen. I I I can't set timelines on shit though. I don't. <laughs> I don't know how long that's gonna be. I pray. I pray they both. I pray she gets what she desires out of their relationship. Um, I, I will say that he absolutely knows it was wrong. You know, one thing I appreciate about Nick is Nick is a very like hindsight person. He is from my relationship with Nick, he's very much like, if I could do this all over X, right? Like I would have absolutely not made that same choice, et cetera. But I think there are some things that are like, but how did you get to the point of making that choice? Right? Like I would never hide my partner. And so I don't even understand this idea of hiding your partner. Like I do. It's well, yes, I do. Let me be clear. It's giving <laughs> nobody, nobody took the bait. So now I'm gonna tell everybody I have a girlfriend. He tried, nobody, nobody received it, 
And then he was like, oh, well, by the way, I have a girlfriend. Yeah, that's what it's giving. What, and that's what Shanice said. That's what Shanice blatantly said. You know, she was like, I think he, it, you know, because I think the ultimate question is, if you, if one of the women did return your advances, what would you then have done? Right? Because it's exactly. like, at that point, you kind of have to. Because <laughs> you spoke so much shit. So it's like, what would you then do? And in fact, now looking back, I wish one of them did just, to, <laughs> just so we can test that theory. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, listen, I'm I am never, I'm not gonna be on a Nick, you know, apology train. Like Nick was wrong. I told him, I told him then, I'll tell him now. Um, you know, and I really, I really do pray that, you know, I'm I'm really looking out for for him, but also his, I mean, his girlfriend, right? Like, she didn't deserve that. And it's just no. like, mm, that's just the reality of it. At least they picked great pictures of her. Because I didn't, first of all, I didn't believe she was real. And then they put the pic, then they put the pictures up and I was like, oh, she is real. And she is cute. She's really cute. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Twitter, Black Twitter thought there were so many other rumors. And I'm like, oh, We did too. We did too. That's what it was. What did y'all think? What did y'all think? I thought he was queer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Only because the secrecy of it, like, I have something. And it's like, well, what? I never thought a girlfriend because he was flirting. He was flirting. Right. So I thought, well, and then he's like, oh, I'm not into Jordan that way. So I was like, okay, well, maybe he's like, yeah. I really thought that's what it was. But yeah, I can't. I mean, and Alex didn't tee it up the best either. No. Um, Alex is what made me Alex. think. Yeah. Because the way said. he was like, like, obviously no, watching I can't it, say it. Yeah. Watching it. I knew what it was, obviously, at this point. But it was weird listening to like Alex describe it because I'm like, intellectually are you just using words together because like this is not intellectual design like <laughs> i was like this is a weird phrase to use for this because now i think you gay and i know you're not so <laughs> it's shocking right. for me. <laughs> like, like as an openly gay person in the house it is shocking me to hear right. being described this way <laughs> um i do want to go back to bria <laughs> Let's go back. <laughs> Going back to Bria, Simon. Where do you stand on all of this? Are you cool with him coming to the, into the house? Seeing the flashback of her asking, as much as I disagreed with Bria on the dog of it all, but Simon, I understand. Now, knowing it's 15 days, a week is a big chunk of 15 days. But I would like to know as someone else in the house, how did you feel about this? How do you feel like it was handled? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I can only, I can only share so much um, right now because it's, it's coming up. Right, but right, right. I, so let me just make it clear. Bria was 100% right. She absolutely did say, and I know there were some folks who were trying to draw the difference between like staying a week and coming in the last week. And it's like, that's just semantics at that point. Like we, you know, if someone says my whatever is coming the last week or, you know, to me, that's that is a week like that is just what it is. Um, but so she did say that and it was agreed to. I I I never loved the idea of a week. It just felt a little too long um, for someone who's not a part of the house originally. Um, and I think layered with already a dog like you're kind of bringing in. You know, you're kind of bringing in your own little United Nations into a, a house. <laughs> right. So you're having did, a family vacation. 
Yeah, like it just didn't, like, yeah, very much like, welcome home, Roscoe. Like, what? <laughs> um, like, this is not your trip. This is our trip. Yeah. Um, but I can't lie. But she was right. Like, she she did, to, to, to her defense, she, Bria really did say that. And they agreed, they being the Coopers, agreed to that. Um, I do think we all should have been asked, frankly, originally. Uh, right, because it's like, if everyone thought we should have all been considered with Milo, then certainly a, a an entire human shouldn't be different. <laughs> um, but but honestly, you know. So so again, my my I just I didn't agree with it. Um, I will say though, I think I like Simon. I think people will learn. At least my experience with Simon is that he was just chilling mostly, mostly, mostly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think it. I was fine ultimately right but i think he was chilling mostly and kind of made himself useful you know there's some there's some guests who come and they're just doing too much and you're like nah they can't even stay a couple days like they gotta go now clearly y'all had that opinion (laughs) yeah clearly (laughs) but but i i i think he made himself useful and you know i'm just like what what more can i ask for at that point I can't wait for him for for uh simon to get there i want to see i want to see all how this goes down now since you mentioned house guests who spent 24 hours or less in the house, let's get into Phil. We found this so interesting, too, because we do watch the other summer house, and now we're watching this. And the first thing we noticed, they, in the other summer house, which is majority white, they would have never had a family meeting and decided to vote someone out. Nobody would be left. And so it's very interesting. I was like, look at black folks. They said, let's call a family meeting. Let's all sit here and decide, should Phil stay? And then it went to Mariah. So one, and this is something Callie pointed out when we were recapping this, y'all didn't have Phil or Mariah in the room when you took the vote, which seemed wrong. So Do you think that it was too quick to kick Phil out? And do you think that it was right to let Mariah go as well, especially when you later found out that it was Amir's fault? Yeah, so (laughs) I've I've thought about this a lot, right? Because, so to answer your questions directly, Phil can always go. I'm, I'm, Phil can go. (laughs) Um, Mariah is, is a, was slash is a friend of mine. So I think Mariah was, it was difficult for any of us, those of us who know Mariah, knew Mariah especially, um, because it was just a challenging experience, right? I, I, but I've thought about this for a while. I think regardless of what Amir did, which is fucked up, right? He should have said something. He should have been much more vocal. And I wasn't there. Like these were moments where I had meetings actually. So I couldn't really, I was like in another room, didn't even really know what was going on. So I kind of was shocked when all of it was happening. I was like, what, what is happening right now? Uh, Cause when I came out, it was clear that it was chaos. Um, but I was like, you know what? Even, even with Amir doing that, and I know the bump, the push, was not as aggressive as I, you know, not at I all. It, I didn't see it. Um, I still think there. I I really do believe, however, that no one should put their hands on each other at all. And then the second someone starts to feel uncomfortable, even someone as dramatic as Bria, I want to take it into consideration. 
That's just me. Um, and I think people, and I want people to be honest with themselves. People just don't like Bria as much as they like Mariah. <laughs> and so like, I think, <laughs> I think the reality is if the situations were reversed, people would have been much more empathetic to Bria's position if they liked her. But I think, <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, cause I was already pissed about the dog. So then this happening, I was like, no, but I think my issue was, I'm like, I feel like if Mariah was in the room. And got to say her side of it. I don't think as many people would have voted. So I didn't answer that part. I do agree that Mariah should have been in the room. Right. Phil, I think we were just done with Phil, honestly. I think it was too much chaos. Like, it it was, I'm gonna be real. Like, Phil made me uncomfortable immediately when he came in. Because for me, it was like, he is everything that I know about straight Black men who are misogynistic and homophobic. Like, his energy gives me that personally. And the fact that I can't even get dressed and you're, like, making mannerisms with liquor as a gun, like, it was too much for me personally. (laughs) Um, And I know some people probably are like, oh, that's funny. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, for me, it was actually triggering as fuck. And I was like, I can't, I I don't want to be in this space with him. Um, Like, and I'll be real, if he stayed, I probably would have left. Um. I'm I'm very specific with my boundaries and who I want to be around and the type of energy I can I can stand. Um, so I was I can't do it, you know. Um, but Mariah, I can I completely agree that I'm like I do wish again. It's a hindsight moment, you know. Right, I because right. Mariah's my girl. I mean, like we had a touching moment that was really long. Actually, the you know the episode before that, and so like there was moment, but I just wasn't there, so I couldn't offer much. Right. But see, but that's, but that, that's, that's the why, difference. Yeah. Yeah. Go, that's, oh, go ahead, Callie. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why I wish that she was there because everyone voted solely off of Bria's experience. Like, barely anyone else was even there to see what happened. And Bria did push the dog towards the back. Not everyone Mariah. agreed, though. Not everyone agreed, though. So if you look, we actually did not have like a full, like with Phil, it was automatic. Right. With By Mariah, the way, and both, everyone didn't agree. Both Rachel and I were like, I don't care if yeah. Phil was there or not. He said right. really offensive yeah. things he, in he a served, very short he served period his of purpose. time. Yeah. yeah. I also think to your point, if you knew Phil really well and he was doing those jokes, you might be able to like accept them better or like understand what I, they are, know who he is. But for him to come in there and you don't even know him and he's doing that, you're like, I, I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. And this is a lie. <laughs> But even his friends were like, raise their hands. Yeah. Like, Shanice, Shanice and Brad were like, we know him. He's got to yeah. go. But I think something that bothered us too about the Mariah is that Jasmine, we felt like Jasmine could have stood up for her more. And that, and Jasmine also was not present. Like, like you're saying, I wasn't present. I really didn't say anything. Jasmine was quite vocal and she wasn't even there. So I think it's like y'all lived in a car together. Y'all wrote a script together. I just felt like there was more for Jasmine, which also I would love for you to comment on that. And then also the, the way Jasmine is in this house, as if it's her house. She invited, I mean, maybe she didn't invite everybody, but like, there's just the married one. Everyone's speaking about her like she's a little different than they normally see her. Yeah. So I'll say I I think I was most disappointed in Jasmine in that moment um, for no other reason. Because if that's my best friend, baby, we ain't going down without a fight. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. We both hands on the way out. Right. <laughs> and, and, I, and I do believe that there is something you can always say like, no, that's my bestie. I know her. 
she would never respond this way. I'm sorry she's responding this way. Let's let's make sure she's down here in this moment. Um, like I was a little, I was personally caught off guard that she didn't give more for Mariah in that moment. Or anything. Um, yeah. I mean, granted, <laughs> Mariah definitely was missing, was missing little mojo. She definitely wanted to make sure that you know, that she was definitely home eventually because she was missing them, right? Like, I mean, she was, she's the only parent in the house. Um, and so I do think there was some some notion there that she herself probably was ready to go um, and just probably didn't want to, didn't know how to express it in that way. Um, but as a best friend, I was just a little bit shocked. Like, not we eating ramen noodles together and in the car, but you can't, you know, save space for me to be here. Um, yeah, so I didn't know Jasmine before the pandemic. Um, you know, I met her through my line brother. Um, so I don't know how she ordinarily is, though I've heard a lot through her girlfriends and she loves to have a good time. And I do think like the thing, the point that the women have made consistently, especially Jordan and Shanice and even Bria to a degree have consistently said that she's very different. And I do have to question that, not not question whether she's different, but for me, Silas has not changed that much. And I tend to find out that among my friends, my, my Black women friends who are married to men, like there is an expectation of them to change a little bit more than I've ever seen of men. Um, and I don't know if there's like, well, yes, I do, right? It's definitely a gender dynamic. <laughs> there's definitely mm-hmm. notions of tradition to that. Um, but I hate it. Because no one is actually putting those pressures on her, probably except for herself and Silas. Um, and so it, it sucks because it sometimes doesn't come off too genuine and sometimes can read fake from the people who know you mm-hmm. uh, and make you wonder why. Which is why, like, people don't know this, right? Yeah, I mean, unless they follow me online. Like, I have a boyfriend. I've had a boyfriend for over two years. And uh, one, he's never hidden. And then two, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, he's also very much like, uh, I just couldn't imagine either of us being different. Like, we love to kick it. We love to go out. Like, our friends know this about us. So the second we got married, get married, and they're like, mm, I ain't going out tonight. I'm just going to stay in. And they're like, all right, what? what's happening? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Yeah. And so I don't, I just, I hope she also can be introspective about that. Like, you know, it's so easy to just push off critiques. It's just that. But when it's coming from your friends, you got to evaluate that. Very true. I just think, I thought you just made a great point that I've never thought of is I do feel like women have to change more than men do Um, in marriage. I I would love for my friends to tell me if I have, but I wouldn't say that I feel like <laughs> I change getting married. I'm also someone who loves to have a good time. And my husband n- married me knowing that I'm going to stand on tables in the club and do what the fuck I want to do. That's just who Same. I am. I'm always going to be that way. Yeah. Yes. But I would say that being a mom has changed me a lot. But Jasmine ain't got no kids. So I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Yeah. And I can see those sure. dynamics being different, right? Are they related sometimes? Maybe. But I, I can't see those being... Like, I probably can't go out until five in the morning if my child got to wake up at seven. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I would but, hope not, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or it's going to be a very struggle morning. But like, <laughs> there is something that I've always found fascinating about this. Because I'm like, I know I'm not married. Um, and I'm like, but I just... 
I don't, I don't want all that pressure, at least the idea that I have to be picture perfect because mm-hmm. no one is asking that. I mean, that's right. what consistently in the house. Like, no one is asking for this, like, p- picture perfect model. No one's asking for that. And it's like, if you were putting that pressure on yourself, like, that's also a sign of control, frankly. But, like, if you're putting that pressure on yourself, you have to ask why. Because if your girls are like, this ain't who you are, this ain't how I remember you. And you're like, no, yeah, of course I'm struggling. But it's like, who? what does that struggle mean then? Like, what is the, what is that final answer there? Do you just continue to struggle? Or do you actually listen to your girls who have known you for years? And I feel like they're trying so hard that it's given the other impression. Yes, yes. I Last thing, my last question. First, I just want to say y'all were wrong for the moon mass. Y'all wrong for that. We love the moon mass. We actually, it was just cold outside. Who? If you, we, we, I, I, I'm not even joking. Maybe we, honestly, all of us like the moon mask. Like we really Y'all did it dirty. It was just cold. If you, you know what, let me say this. I I, I like the real stuff that's already out. If you go back and look at the moon mask and my eyes open, they're bloodshot red because I was crying. (laughs) Oh, Oh, crying. So like, yeah. Okay, fine. If they showed that, they tried to make it look like you were tired and ready to go inside. That's why your eyes were red. All those things can be true together. <laughs> Y'all need to, hopefully Mariah full circle moment comes back to do a moon mask to close it out at the end. Well, Before I, hope, we let I, you... I didn't say all that, but I do hope, I do hope I see my girl soon. See? 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 Do you, Truth comes out. Rachel, do we want to do quick like rapid fire superlatives, craziest moment, like quick yeah, questions to say, end it off? I was going to say if we could do like a word association thing, we're going to give you a name and you're going to say the first word to describe them that comes to your mind. No. You give a name, I give a word. So you, when I say a word, so if I say dramatic, you say the first name and then you'll say a name and he says a word. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see how my brain works, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go, Kelly. You go first, Kelly. Okay. Funniest. Oh, funniest. Naturally funny. Naturally funny. Nick. Nick. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Naturally funniest, I think. I mean, I can't. Can I vote for myself? But (laughs) Yes, you can vote for yourself. No. But you only got one time to use it. Oh, shoot. Okay, let me give it to Nick then. I'm going to give it to Nick. I don't know what else. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you. My brain's not working like this one. I'm going to give you a name and you Mm. give me the word. Um. Silas. Controlling. <laughs> Shit. Okay, Preston. Preston. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing any favors. <laughs> Laziest. Oh, goodness. Laziest. Milo. <laughs> <laughs> um, summer. Oh, so gosh. I love summer. I'm, what is a word? Effervescent. Oh, nice. Worst housemate. Oh, Phil. <laughs> um, Jasmine. Confused. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm confused <laughs> and controlling. <laughs> <laughs> I know. If nothing else, alliteration, I guess. 
Um, one of my pet peeves is smells. So who was the stankest? <laughs> you can only use a name once, so don't try to bring no. Milo back up. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm really trying to think if anyone had like a Wow. I would like to say, I think we actually all are very well put together. Okay. That's real, okay. honestly. That's I, good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good to know. Okay, Amir. <laughs> Sexy. Oh, <laughs> Amir's cute. Uh, he is cute. I, mean, yeah. I could have gave, I could have said fat ass, but I'm like, let me. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good way to end it. Yes. Uh, Preston, thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. We are loving Summer House Martha's Vineyard. We hope to see more. We want a second season. We want to keep this going. Um, and you have to come back on Morally Corrupt and give us, because you definitely definitely played well with us. No, so come back. I would love to be back anytime. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.